Hello, everyone. This is Nick Galtney, producer and audio engineer for the Balanced Purpose podcast. Today's show includes brief mention of sensitive topics, so we wanted to give you time to pause the episode if needed and resume at your discretion. These topics include the following. Substance use, human trafficking, and suicide. We hope this episode is as powerful and moving for you as it was for us. God bless. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Today's guest is a Green Beret, husband, father, and founder of an incredible organization called 50 for the Fallen. I would like to welcome Chad Conley to our show. The first, Chad, I'd like to tell you thank you for your service and all of the honorable things that you do. Ray, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you today. If you'd like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe throw in a fun fact that most people don't know about you. <laughs> uh, a little bit about myself. As you said in the intro, thank you there. Yeah, I've been a father for about two and a half years, a husband for a little over six and an active duty Green Beret for just about 20 years now. I retire this July 31st. It's been a very amazing and fun ride. I'm very blessed to be able to do it. Interesting thing about myself. Okay, we're summoning Mount McKinley or Denali, and a guy on the team is having a hard time. He's around 19,000 feet, and he just can't get his bearings. And I go over and tell him, hey, why don't you just use the bathroom? Just You got to poop or anything? And guiding him and directing him, hey, go over there and take a dump. Next thing you know, his body recalibrates, and I get another guy to the summit of the mission. So we get up to Mount McKinley with another fellow because I recommended, hey, go take a dump. It might help you. So <laughs> maybe I'm the bathroom guru of 20,000 feet. I don't know. But it worked for him. So that's a, there you go. That's one thing. The bathroom guru of 20,000 feet. That's incredible. You know, I have a good story I'd like to tell really, really quick. So I was transferred to Colorado Springs back in 2011, 2012. And back then, I was a, a pretty fit guy. You know, I ran marathon. I was in Colorado, so I was all over 14ers. I worked out at several boxes, and I remember uh, being at Gold's Gym on Briargate, and a mutual friend came up, and he's like, man, I know you love to work out. You got to meet this guy, Chad Conley. And I'm like, yeah, where is he? Oh, he's back over there on the corner. And I look over, and I see this guy doing six-foot box jumps. It was the most incredible thing. I'd never seen anybody do that. And he's doing it like nobody's business. And so I walk over there. I'm like, hey, I'm Ray. He's like, I'm Chad. And I think it was like a stepbrothers moment. Like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> and within a week, we had tank tires, tractor tires, heavy chains, all kinds of things in the back parking lot. And we created... I don't even know what to call it, special forces boot camp. And people would just come in and just try and join us and keep up with us every Saturday. It was one of the most amazing things. And, and I'm, I'm really glad and honored to have been a part of that because you are a tremendous person and a tremendous athlete. Can you still jump six feet? I can still do all that stuff. Yeah. I just, uh, I got to warm up a little bit more now. I can't go in just cold, but 
yeah, the time there at goals, I still look back at that. And every now and then those photos pop up. That was a lot of fun. And that was, you know, it was a different kind of strength. And in some ways that galvanized what I do now with 50, because it was about us being together and just being like, all right, cool. We're in this together. Let's suffer through and see what happens. And, you know, some great friendships were born. I mean, you look at that now, I mean, looking 12 years ago now, and you and I are still here friends. So, I mean, hey, there's something to it. So it was an amazing time. Really enjoyed those Gold's Gems days. Now, 50 for the Fallen, you have a, an interesting story on, on why that started. Can you tell us a little bit about the program and the organization and all that you guys do? Yeah, it started because I was dealing with my own mental and emotional from losing friends. And I had lost a lot of combat. And then combat turned to back in, as we'd say, garrison or not when you're deployed in any facet. And... I started losing friends of suicide and to alcoholism, drug addiction. And then, you know, those bullets took longer to hit, but those people still, they're no longer here. And I went out for a walk and it was during COVID. It was around Memorial Day of 2020. And I just said, I got to do something. And I was all cooped up. One of my favorite movies is Cool Hand Luke, where the main character there, he eats 50 eggs. You know, he's having a contest and I'm like, well, if Newman's character can eat 50 eggs, I can walk 50 miles. And I thought that was a good amount of distance just to cover for my brain to let go and disconnect. And I had friends from around the world decide to help me with that. And they joined in and we virtually rucked together and there was community in that. And it was something good that came out of it because at one point I started to ruck and a lady almost hit me because where the head goes, the body follows. And she was driving, kind of waving, looking at me. And next thing I know, she almost hit me. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, if she did it by accident, it could happen on these roads. So I shifted the route, ended up going up this hill. I had a pretty heavy pack on at the time. And I just started running up screaming, Pat, every time my feet to the ground. I was going, Pat, 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 like just, you know, getting myself to the top. So I'm doing that and I'm missing a friend of mine who had died. And I get to the top and I just unload. I just start crying. I'm like feeling it. And I sat down for a moment. I'm like, this is why you're doing this, man. You need to work through that. Told some friends. And that turned into me having this team of people ask, can we do this with you next time? And that turned into the first real event being in New York City for the September 11th, 20th anniversary, which is why I joined the military and left college and everything. And, you know, I, I brought some therapists with me because I thought if that happened to me on my ruck alone, what's going to happen to these people when I'm, you know, with them and we're all there together? And magic happened around the Brooklyn Bridge, closing in on mile 40, people really opened up spoke about who they're missing and what their life's been like without them and, you know, who they're worried about. And we just kept talking and communicating. And that became the genesis of 50 for the Fallen. And we are now at 501c3 that came into life this year because for the last few years, I was still kind of, you know, doing the job as a Green Beret. So I'm not going to put myself out there, do that, have the nonprofit. But now that I'm retiring, that's where my focus is. And we ruck 50 miles. We say 50 miles in 18 hours. I'll tell you, sometimes it changes, but 50 miles in 18 hours. And I send veterans to outpatient mental health services, fly them where they need to go. If I need to, if I can pay for the treatment, my organization will pay for it. And then we just keep walking and talking. And through the events, we've had people who have done, I got a fellow who walked 150 miles. Wow. And he finally spoke about three events. So he did three events with me, 150 miles. And he finally spoke about a friend of his who committed suicide and how every ruck he sees him and every ruck when he's starting and when he's walking, he's 
thinking and talking to his friend who's no longer here. He told that to a group of people at Pearl Harbor this last December in front of World War II vets and everybody that was there because we all ended up together at the beginning in the morning, December 7th. So we're there and that's the reason we do this. It's, it's, it's stories like that that keep this going. That's where it started. That's why I'm doing it. And that's our mission going forward. That's amazing. And you paint such a beautiful picture. Uh, it actually puts me there and, and I'm a visual person mm-hmm. and listening to you, I can see myself going through there and, and seeing past friends. And what I love best about it, I'm a huge advocate for therapy, for coaching. And I've had a therapist for years that's helped me unlock traumas in my own life. And I could see myself going through there hand in hand with combat vets, with veterans, and just unlocking traumas, dealing with the trauma at every mile. I can see how therapeutic and how perfect this is. Wow, that's that's an amazing organization. Chad, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. So what led you into the military? You said you were you dropped out of college and decided to become a Green Beret, which is amazing. And thank you for that. But what sparked that in you? The reason I joined the military is the fact that when I was younger, my dad got very sick and had a heart surgery that was experimental and we kind of lost everything. And as a family, we were just holding it together. And then I started raising my sister when I was 12. And when he passed, I had a full academic scholarship to a few different universities and some other stuff, but I stayed home local for him. And when he finally passed, you know, it turned into, okay, who have I been living for? Because at 19, all my life's ahead of me. And I spent the last seven years helping raise my sister. And it was, I need to get out of this area because I could see this area being not good for me. Now, I wasn't one to party or do anything crazy because I didn't have time for it. But while in college, I thought, well, maybe I'll join the guard. It'd give me something extra to do. Went to the wrong recruiter. Uh, So I go into this recruiter. I got blue hair. I got piercings. I got all this stuff. (laughs) And the Navy guy looks at me and turns around. The Marine Corps guy just shook his head. Army guy was in his office. And he's kind of like, well, they needed the numbers. I mean, it was 2002 at this time. It was December. And walked me in there, started talking to me. Next thing I know, I go from thinking National Guard to just going conventional. And uh, they had this thing called the 18X-ray program. Sounded cool enough. I just wanted to learn a language. Didn't care what I did. I just thought it'd be marketable. Well, that turned into 20 years now after a silver-tongued devil Uh. got me into the room. uh, I signed the contract. And, you know, I, I would like to say that it was about flags flying and 4th of July. But it was truly because I needed to get away from the area I was in and find out who I was. And really find my reason for being that evolution of me led me into the military. And I've never looked back. Coming in off the street to be a Green Beret is one thing, because at the time, there wasn't a lot of us doing that. The 18 x-ray program had just started. So it was all experimental. They had done it in Vietnam, called it SF Baby, but they brought it back for this. We had 493 people start. We had 92 finish and graduate. There's around 34 of us that made it all the way through from that class. Wow. So, you know, you whittle down and you keep going and you get to where you are is where you get to look back at that road and be very, very grateful. But it was just because I needed to change my direction. And I grew up always wanting to be, I was maybe a missionary when I grew up. I always wanted to go to Africa and be a missionary. And uh, I found my own way to spread the word of God through my military service, which to me, hey, I can't say anything negative about that. So that was an amazing time. Well, and, and speaking of, it sounds like you found your purpose on that road. How do you define purpose in your life? I find purpose in my life being the best father possible, the best father I can be, because I'm tasked to raise this girl to be capable is how I think of it. So my purpose is making her capable and capability to mean means that you're able to handle the situation that you are in or thrust in. So my job now, my purpose now is to get up and show her what a man, a father 
and a Christian husband should be and guide her in that. So when she sees me do these 50s, she sees me out there rucking, working, just doing these things. That's what she knows at two and a half. And that's what she knows a Christian man should be. As a friend of mine, Ryan Mickler says, you are to protect, provide, and preside. And that's what I want her to know. I love that. As a father of a four-year-old girl and a five-year-old son, which I will tell you, the birth of my children changed my life and it totally created a new purpose for everything that I stand for, which has led to this journey of, of helping others and serving others, which begins with my family at home. One day I was reading the scriptures and what stuck out to me was Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but serve others and give his life as a ransom. That was huge perspective for me. And after reading and studying, I found that that started at home with the family. Mm -hmm. And when you look around the world today, it seems that there are so many distractions and so many things pulling the families apart that it makes it kind of chaotic. And I'm a huge advocate for their having to be a father at home. And I love everything that you stand for to protect, provide, and reside, correct? Yeah, protect, provide, and preside. Protect your family, provide for them, and preside over the household. Uh, I know Ryan, he's a friend of mine. I'd love to introduce you guys. He's out of J, Maine. He's got an amazing family, an amazing story. And it had to take him having hit his rock bottom in a way to understand and be there and be the Christian man he's supposed to be now for his family. That's sometimes how, how God works through us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you involved in any other nonprofits? Oh, uh, yeah. So Pearl Haven. So every time I do a Ruck Ray, I look for someone in that area that is there and highlight them and make certain to take care of them. Because when we leave and the rah-rah goes away from people doing this event, I want them to still have buy-in to the local populace and the local people. And Pearl Haven was one we found in Oahu. Mm -hmm. That is a place that assists and helps trafficked children as young as eight years old, escaping sex trafficking from around the nation. And sex trafficking in Hawaii, it's just bad out there. So worked with them and brought a bunch of people together to help them. We did that ruck in Oahu. We were able to donate through the people that did the event and through the people that just donated straight to them. We were able to help them out in a great way. And I've got more in store for Pearl Haven. We're going to be going back there in 2024. So we'll do the North Shore this time. Because last time, if anyone, your listeners ever been to Oahu, we started in Kineoe, which is on the east side of the island at a place that has some of the best chicken of your life called Yummy Yummy Huli Chicken. I'll go back to that place no matter what. <laughs> but we started Yummy Yummy Huli. And we ruck it around and the people of Pearl Haven were amazing. They were at every checkpoint. They assisted along the way. And as we came across the finish line, they were crying with us as we finished that one. And we're there with the World War II veterans just having that time. But Pearl Haven is an amazing, amazing organization. That's wonderful. It's really heartfelt. Chad, you do a lot of things. Have a family, Green Beret, 50 for the Fallen. How do you find balance in all of this, especially being a new father? Knowing that greater is he that is in me than is in the world for the fact that I'm able to take myself and know that God has it. Okay, I might not be the best at times, but I know that there is a heavenly father who loves me and brought his son down, who willingly gave his life for us. And that to me was the biggest thing, because what do I have to complain about? I live in America to begin with. What do I have to worry about? I know where my place is and I know where I'll be at that table. So I'm, I'm set. So after that, if there's no guns going off and bombs blowing up, it's an easy day. And my wife hates that because I tell her that all the time. Like, hey, is anyone getting shot? <laughs> Anything blowing up? No? Okay, great. Guess what? It's not that bad today. You know, the military career I've had has led me to be okay and understand that some days are bad. That's okay. 
still here, still two feet on the ground, so I can't complain. That's really what it is. I love your mindset. And I'm going to see what my wife says next time she's complaining. And I ask if any bombs are going off. She may throw something at me, though. Yeah, you got to watch out for that one. There may be a bomb going off right after that. (laughs) Now, we talked about the world really being distorted. But in today's fast-paced world, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and sidetracked. And you get disconnected with all the darkness and noise. How do you manage to stay grounded and connected to your sense of purpose Because you carry a lot amidst all the noise and chaos around us. You know, how I keep it going is the fact that I physically see people and call people. I listen to their voice or I see them. And really, that's about as simple as I can break it down. Because by doing that, I disconnect with this social media, digital spider web we all are stuck in. And by getting away from that, it lets me know, okay, yeah, I'm still just a human being and I'm going to be flawed and things are going to happen, but it's still okay. And the more personal interaction I have with people, the easier it is to ground myself because then I'm actually seeing what they're going through too. And I don't just look at the social media of everything. And it sounds trite to say that, but it's true. If we get away from what we have with everything scrolling on our phone and you actually get out there and talk to other people, you'll see one, that we're not as different as we think we are. We're not, you know, at each other's throats. And two, they want to help. When we were in New York City, for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, you start at Yankee Stadium. If you've been there, as soon as you leave in the Bronx, you're in the projects. It's not the best of places, people think. But to go back to we're in this together, and if it takes just communicating one-to-one, we meet these gang members, and they've got pistols on their hips, and they're looking at us like, why are you here, and who are you? And as soon as I explained what we were doing, they opened up the city to us in a different way, because we had police escort for the whole time. Due to who I've worked with in my past 20 years, it was a pretty easy phone call to get that done. But they're still the gang element. And what did they say? They're like, we have you, were the words they used, shook my hand, and we had gang escort for the next 48 miles because we took two miles to get to where they were. So for the next 48 miles, people looked out for us in uniform and people looked out for us on the street. Wow. Because we got rid of all the crap. We just looked at one another and said, here's what we're doing. Here's our reason, our why. And they understood and respected that. And I think that gets back to just communicating with each person 1v1, getting rid of Twitter and social media and just being a person again. Yeah, I found that social media creates false expectations and ruins people's identities. I love getting one-on-one with people. I'm a huge advocate for also service projects. And one thing I like to do is go serve at the local food bank here and I'll go on delivery routes into different parts of town and people will sit and talk with you and they're so grateful Mm -hmm. and they're just like you and I. And the problem with social media is that we see an extremely distorted view of what people should be. You know, people are posting these cars and these makeups and eyelashes and money and things that probably aren't even theirs. And so you have kids and grownups just looking at this and automatically thinking that's what life should be. But if you break it down to the simple, we're all here for kindness, we're all here for love, and we're all here for community, which is really important. I love that answer, Chad. Thank you. Now, moving forward, what legacy do you hope to leave behind through your purpose and all of the work that you do? You know, it's funny you ask that because I was discussing legacy on the rock. One of the individuals that did my 50 in Indianapolis, June 23rd, 24th, I was talking to Jeff, who's the owner of a very successful business there. And we were talking about it because his father passed when he was seven from a brain aneurysm. And, you know, we were talking legacy. And I said, the legacy I want to leave behind to my father is one that I saw with my dad. You know, as a father, I want to leave this for my daughter. I want her to know that I was loved. And I want her to know that because of me, people were made better. 
which in turn will help her through her life, knowing that it's our job to help one another and that also people always be there for you. So for me, legacy is my daughter looking back and saying, my dad did that. And financially, I've been very blessed now to where like, I ain't got to worry about much. And it's through God that I have that, but it's also through very hard work and determination that my daughter will know. She'll never know me in the military. So that's not part of my legacy for her. That's a chapter of my life that she'll get to read one day when I talk to her. But my legacy to her will be finding ways to help others. And right now it's through walking through the night, but we're doing that. That uh, kind of choked me up. I love that phrase. My dad did that. That's also one of the reasons why I created this podcast. If you listen to the about, I talk about legacy and what I want my children to know. And one thing is daddy was here to serve and help others here. Just listen. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my grandkids and great grandkids can turn on the podcast and hear my voice. So this gives them something tangible to continue the legacy and know exactly who I was and what I was about. And same thing with you. I see you and all the great things that you do. And it's so exciting. And I think that your daughter is going to be proud to say, my daddy did that. That is amazing. That's what we're supposed to do as fathers. That's our job. That is. I may tattoo it on my forearm. Yeah. Now, in today's world, many people are struggling right now to find purpose or meaning because of social media and all the distractions and, and noise that you hear me talk a lot about. What advice would you give someone who is currently struggling and searching for their purpose who is just lost? Send me an email, chad at 50ftf.org. I'll talk to you. I mean, so many people are lost out there because they don't know who to talk to. They don't know how to communicate anymore. They don't know that they can just shake someone's hand and say, have a great day or open a door and eye contact. We've gotten away from that. I mean, the newest generation, they're afraid of it. I mean, it used to be public speaking was the scariest thing. Now it's just communication and the world is the scariest thing because everyone thinks you have another agenda. So first thing I'd say if someone is lost or needs it, send me an email. That's my personal. Then if you need more Know that there's something bigger than you. Know that there's something out there that is larger than you. Believe however you want to believe. Whether you're an atheist and it's just a universe, I'll pray for you. But know that you're not the biggest thing out there in this world. So understand that first. And then realize that we're all on this blue spinning rock going around a medium-sized sun in a solar system that's small part of a big galaxy that's a small part of an ever-expanding universe. And that we're all doing it together. And having that mindset, you might just be able to be like, okay, them getting my order wrong at Starbucks is not the worst thing in the world or getting my shoes scuffed. Oops. Chris Rock said it in one of his comedy albums. Don't go to jail because somebody scuffed your Puma. (laughs) Maybe realize that we all have our moments and then get out there with other people. Get away from this stuff. Go out for a walk, get outside, talk to someone and then just go for distance. It's one thing people ask me, how do I train for a 50? And I say, you start by walking around your block with somebody because having somebody with you means that you're always going to have somebody with you. And it won't be the same person, but you'll find someone, you'll find your movement. And then at the end of it, you're going to be with us doing 50 miles with a team. So maybe start with that. And it's the same with getting out there. If you need something, find someone else. If you don't, you got me. And go back to knowing you're not the biggest thing out there and that's okay. Because other people are out there going through it too. And as a Christian, there is this amazing, benevolent, loving father who is there to make sure you know you're loved and you have your chance to have that love forever. All you gotta do is ask for it. That's great advice. You know you're loved and get out and see other people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Now, if our listeners wanted to get to know more about you and your services, especially 50 for the Fallen to get involved, to donate, is there a website they can go to? Yeah. uh, 50ftf.org. That's the number 50ftf, which stands for for the fallen.org. That's us. And like I said, you can reach out to me via email, chad at 50ftf.org. You can also see us on social media. And because social media is so great, it's 50 underscore four underscore the underscore fallen. And you'll see us on there. We partner with some amazing organizations. So if you do a Spartan race, we go to a bit of those and we'll do our 50 miler into the Spartan race, which is always fun. You finish 50 miles and then you're going to do a 15 mile event right afterwards. Congratulations. You're still there. And then you've got the next day, two more for Dallas, which I'd love to bring you guys up to. We're going to do a 50 miler into a 30 miler. We're going to do the ultra into the beast, into the super, into the sprint. So that weekend we'll do about 110 miles in about 72 hours. And we're training up for it. I'm putting out a program July 1st. No more six foot box jumps and crazy stuff like that. (laughs) But, you know, a whole lot to do with kettlebells, maces, the fellas at uh, Mountain Tough, and then uh, Greg Walsh, who owns Wolf Brigade Gym. I'm getting with them to do like a serious train up for this. I can train you to walk 50 miles. You can use my program. It can help you. But if you really want to get into it and not just survive, but thrive through these events, we've got a way to do that. Well, you already know I'm interested. Yeah, I really want you guys there. You know me, Chad. Yeah, you're down. I'd love to see the training program too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today and being a part of our show. This was fantastic. We've been able to gain many insights and takeaways from your life and your journey. I, I appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Balanced Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Galtney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancedpurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancedpurposepodcast. Remember, finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination, and it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.